Grab your Bibles uh, and turn to the book of Philippians. Turn to the book of Philippians and uh, you will see that the change or the slides uh, continue the how-to series. Uh, that wasn't at the request of pastor. It's just uh, something I was able to fit in myself. So that is the, the reason that we're, that we're doing this tonight. So Philippians chapter 3. Very familiar verse that we're going to look at. And our verse is, uh, as you turn to Philippians chapter 3. And what we're going to talk about tonight is the idea of how to approach the new year, all right? How to approach the new year. And uh, just kind of as a, as a funny uh, uh, reference, uh, many times in, in, on a day like uh, this week, uh, pastors asked me to, to cover the service, uh, usually around this time of year, many, every other year they try to get together with family. And uh, so a lot of times this is, I, I cover this service, whether it be a Thursday night or a Sunday night, uh, leading up to, to New Year's. And over the last few years, one of the things that I see over and over again uh, in, my, in my notes is it, there was several years back to back that I preached something on growth. It wasn't from the same passage, uh, but uh, uh, so I, I focused on that and I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit away. I, I think that's kind of like a, a default for me, like I get dragged to trying to talk about growth at the at the end of the the year or the beginning of a new year, and so I uh, just want to going to try something a little bit different, uh, a little bit different, go to a different passage, and uh, so with that, uh, I don't want that to be, I don't, I don't want to just fall into into what uh, I'm comfortable with. So, uh, but I want to mention as we approach this new year in Philippians chapter three. Uh, we're going to read a passage from uh, this, this book that was written by the Apostle Paul. We'll talk a little bit about the, the, the situations leading up to that uh, and how Paul's life really came and you, it, it, we see it captured in this passage uh, and then really apply that to how it affects us and especially how it, it affects us this time of year. So we'll read the passage, we'll pray. And then we'll, we'll get into uh, the message for tonight. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 is what we're going to read. And uh, as we read that, follow along in your Bibles as I read aloud to you in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. The Bible says this. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Why don't we start off with prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for the day. And Lord, as we uh, gather together tonight, uh, we're opening up your word. And Lord, our desire is for you to speak to our hearts uh, through uh, the message that you uh, have delivered in your word. And uh, Father, there's uh, principles that you want us to learn there's things for us to apply, and as we wrap up this year, we're, we're, we're closing out this year of 2022 and entering into a brand new year, and uh, Father, I just pray that you would help us to take away from this year uh, the things that you desire for us to learn, and uh, Lord, move into the new year with a uh, just a, a looking for 
just new opportunities and new ways that, that we'll see you work in and through our lives. And we'll thank you for it. We ask for your blessing upon your word tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this New Year season, I will say, it provides a, a unique point in time. And there's nothing, you know, we've talked about it before. There's nothing special per se about the new year. It doesn't change anything. It's, uh, it's just another day. Uh, but it does provide maybe just a, a, a logical point that separates uh, the passage of time from one year into the next. And yes, it's just a continuation. It's just like another day. Uh, but in our minds, it does provide somewhat of a, of a point that we can distinct, distinguish between uh, two points in time. So as we wrap up the year, uh, we, we realize, and I'm sure you would agree with me, that this year, uh, as many, uh, has flown by. And I can't remember if I was talking to, to I think it was the, the, the kids, and uh, I was asking them about, you know, the, the year, and they, they said uh, something very profound. He said, I, I said, so when I was a kid, it seems that the years went by really slow, uh, and now they seem to go by very fast. And I said, what do you think? Do you, do you think that's the same for you? And he said, well, I think it was Eli that said it, Eli or Lucas, but they said, the days go by very slow. But the years go by very fast. And uh, if you think about that, that's kind of a good way to capture it. All right. And so here we are uh, finishing up another year. And when we look at how God ordered the year, we have this time where God set it up so that the earth would rotate in its orbit. And it would rotate around its axis every 365 days. So God set it up this way. Uh, to have this this season uh, that we call new, uh, a New Year season. Now, as we look at this passage, this passage isn't necessarily uh, related to Paul in a new year. It has nothing to do with that. But I think that uh, we can learn from this passage and, and as it's a very uh, important message for us to understand that Paul here gives us insight into his thought process. He gives us insight into how he went about life. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we see preserved for us that this is from the, the, written by the Apostle Paul. And he said what? He said, this one thing I do. And he wraps it up in, these, in, in the rest of the passage. This thought process is what made him the type of Christian that he was. So I believe this can be a help to us in the Christian life. If it helped the Apostle Paul, I believe it can help us. What is it, this one thing for the new year? First, we see a, release, a way to approach, how to approach the new year is to release the past year. This passage here begins there. It says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, this is a crucial point. This is where a lot of people get stuck. The fact is, is that there's things in this past year, maybe in the past of our life, that we have a hard time getting over. And it could be various things. We can see it in three different categories. 
I've called it past troubles, past trials, and past triumphs. You see, the past troubles that we have, we would consider maybe failures or sin. Now understand that if you've confessed your sin to God, you've received forgiveness from God. And that's something that seems so simple. And we teach that to the kids. And it's, they can understand that simple idea that when we ask forgiveness for our sin, God forgives us. And from there, it's our responsibility to leave that at the cross. But that's not what we do. Sometimes we go back to that. We go pick it up and we carry it around with us. And we allow it to hold us back. And so when we look at this past year, we look at 2022 and we can see maybe some things that failures in our life. Things that, that where we hit a brick wall. Areas that we failed. Areas where we sinned. But those past troubles, we need to, if we've confessed them, God has forgiven. Now, it's also a reminder. If we're still carrying those, if we have not confessed them, that's the first step of the process is to do that. Is to repent from them, to turn, and to turn those over to God and give, receive God's forgiveness. But if you've confessed that, leave it at the cross. These also can come through past trials, maybe a sorrow or a hurt that you've experienced. And the idea that's important to remember, especially as you consider, compare it to the life of Paul, Paul was hurt by a lot of people. Paul, if you actually read uh, in, in some of the other epistles that he writes, he talks about some of those people that did him wrong. And he turns it over to the Lord. And he said, the Lord reward so-and-so for what they did to me. And he lets it go and he gives it over to the Lord. But understand that if you're going through a past trial or maybe this past year there was a, a, some sorrow or some hurt, the way to approach that for the year as you wrap up this year is to forgive those hurts. To forgive those people that did you wrong. There was a discussion that was had at some point where uh, just contention between people. And some people might say, well, I would forgive them if they just but asked. And that sounds reasonable. You and I would say, yeah, that, that, that would make sense. But when, what we see in the scripture and what we see that God desires of us is that we forgive even if a person does not ask for forgiveness. Our responsibility is to forgive even before a person asks for it. That's what our responsibility is. And we can hold back our forgiveness, but that's not releasing these things, letting go of those, forgetting those things which are behind. Another thing that we need to put behind us are our past triumphs, our victories. Understand that these victories are things that help us, that they can encourage us. But many times we can cling to those and hold on to those and our triumphs, we cannot let them go and see that for the next year and use that triumph for the next year. 
you see, carry it forward and you say, well, hey, I had this victory, you know, five years ago. I, this, this, such and such was a great triumph that we had spiritually. And uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we count that five years ago. But understand that there should be more ground that we're covering in the future. And we have to let those things go. We need to look forward and say, okay, what new ground does the Lord desire for us to conquer? So we have to forget those things which are behind. I want you to understand, there's someone who loves the past. And I believe that that person or that one who loves the past is Satan. Satan loves to bring the past to you. There are some things that we have to understand about the past. The past, the Bible explains to us, can be a weight. and can be something that weighs us down. The past, understand, is behind us. And what I mean by that is that there is not anything that we can do to change what is in the past. Those things are beyond us. We cannot reverse time. We can't go back and change these things. The only thing that we can change is what we need to change for the future. So understand the past can paralyze growth. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forget those things also that didn't go perhaps the way that you wanted it to. Many times we have plans and we have ideas and we have a certain way that we would like things to go. Uh, I was reading in, in one of the commentaries and as you look at this passage, there's two ways that you can approach the Christian life. Two extremes that either way are not helpful or not the right way to look at it. It's either I can do it all and have no room for God to work in your life. Or the opposite end of the spectrum would be God is going to do it all and leave no room for you to put any effort. We're not going to just have a Christian life, have a Christian walk just by letting time pass and let God do all the work. There's effort that we have to put in. That each Christian has to put in to their life. Understand that we don't want to drag troubles into the new year. So there may be something in the past year perhaps that's holding you back. But it's time to let it go and let it stay in the past. Now as you read this passage. One thing that I find very interesting that that really stood out to me as I was reading this is I want to elaborate on something that this idea where the Bible here says forgetting those things which are behind, it does not mean that you lose the memory of it. And the reason I say that is that in this very chapter, in the same chapter that we're reading tonight, in chapter 3, Paul goes into some things And he explains a little bit more about his thought process that uh, if you'll allow us to, to walk through there, let's look at what he says. In this very chapter, Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, he refers back to the past. 
Here was a man who persecuted Christians. Here was a man who opposed Christ. He was opposing the cause of Christ. And understand that he wouldn't have been such a great missionary if he had not put those things behind him. But look at what he says there. If you look at, it begins uh, verse 4 where he says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he whereof, that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. Verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. So Paul had a very unique way of looking at his past looking at those things which he had, had done, looking at his, what he would consider his stock, his heritage, the, his upbringing, his training, the things that made him who he was. There was no one that was more Jewish than Paul. There was no one that was more of a Pharisee than Paul. He was Again, of the tribe of Benjamin, he lays out these things about how amazing of a Jew he was, how devout he was, how religious he was. And then he goes on in this passage to talk about all those things I counted lost for Christ. And so there's this unique way that Paul understands his past. But what does he say there in verse 13? He says, forgetting those things which are behind. The idea here is not that you lose memory of it. What he's saying is that the past did not control him. The past did not define who he was or who he would be in Christ. When you look at these things, he, again, he suffered for Christ. He took beatings, but those things, he took time to reflect on what was past, but understand that ultimately that reflection after that, he released it. So how do we learn from that? How do we apply that to our lives? Understand that the things that are in our past, they don't define who we are going forward. Christ can make a difference in your life. Christ can change you. Christ has a way to completely change everything about your life for his honor and glory, if you let him, if you allow him to work in your life. And so here Paul was reflecting on that. And take that approach as well for our life. As we look at the past year, there may be some areas that we're not proud of. There may be some areas where we, like Paul, had trust and had complete confidence in his training and his religiousness, all those things. He had a lot of confidence in, but he put those aside. What about this past year? Maybe there's some things where you had a lot of confidence in yourself and how you accomplished things. Learn from those things. It's okay to look at the past and say, okay, this is an area where I need to learn from. Or I did wrong. I relied too much on myself. I should have relied on the Lord. And... 
change those things, learn, take those, those learning opportunities and go forward into the next year with them. So understand, when we see this passage, we see forgetting those things which are behind, but don't forget to, to, to consider and to learn from those things. Now, at the end of the day, just like Paul said, I count those things loss. Put those things aside. That's not what defines you. And we'll go on to see what defines you, what defines us, how we can be, uh, how we can learn uh, in this in this upcoming year. When we see this idea that Paul is teaching, forgetting those things which are behind, you know. The Bible does not speak very well of looking back. The Bible points us to looking unto Jesus. And we see this in, very, in, in many areas of our life. This whole passage gives a comparison of a runner running a marathon. Now, has anyone ever run track in life? Okay, we got a few people. All right, very good. So... In running track, your coaches will teach you, all right, and you see this sometimes. A person's running, and they want to see if they're winning, and they turn back, and that slows you down. Looking back will slow you down because it puts your focus on the wrong thing. And the same way a soldier A soldier is not advancing if he's looking back. He's got to have confidence in what's going on behind him. That's probably your most susceptible area in in warfare is what's behind you. You're you're weak in that area. There's, There's vulnerability there. But a soldier is going to lose sight of the target of the objective if he's constantly looking back. And so we see these practical applications in life of looking back is going to hinder us and hold us back. Tomorrow holds so much promise. Tomorrow is full of opportunity. And if we're going to make a difference in the present and the future, it requires us not to be weighed down by what's past. So our focus here to begin with is to release this past year. That's how we approach the new year. Next, we learn in this passage uh, in verse 13, we reach forth to tomorrow. The Bible says there, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. The idea here that we come away with is the idea of embracing the future. Now, that seems hard. Given where we live and the way society is and the things that are going on around us, and things look pretty dismal in some ways. Now, let's compare that to the Apostle Paul here. When we look at the Apostle Paul This book is written towards the end of his life. 
And he's saying this. He's saying, forgetting those things which are behind. This comparison very much goes into a, uh, a, a comparison to athletics, to running a marathon, to running a race. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. What was he reaching forth towards? Paul knew that his future was not bright. Paul knew that at some point he was going to, he had already been beaten over and over again. And as he approached getting closer and closer to Rome, there was a high likelihood that he was going to be killed for his faith. But the Bible says here that he was embracing that. That he was reaching forth to that. Because he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. He was reaching forth towards that very dark future that was ahead of him. If you're going to take this new year and reach forth, we look at it. And yes, it requires a decision. And yes, it requires a thought process. But what I like about this passage here is that most importantly, it takes action. And you see here that Paul is talking in in action words. He's not talking about an idea or thinking about something. He's saying, I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before And the spiritual growth is not going to come to those only that want it or that desire it. It's going to be found by those who actively seek it. The idea of reaching forth when the race in a race is the racer is exerting all that they have, all their energy, all their effort to reaching forth to those things which are before. Every muscle, every nerve is exerted as he puts forth every ounce of his strength into running. As a runner, you are focusing your energy on what is ahead of you, on the finish line. And that's the idea that we, that we see here. He's reaching forth towards the finish, finish line. As they would say, he's in the home stretch. He's reaching forth knowing that the finish line is very, very close. And we ought to put our effort into what is ahead. We can't put effort into the past. We can't, as a racer, if you're at a marathon and you're in the last mile, what happened in the previous 24 miles can't change. You got to get to the finish line. And you can agonize over those things or you can reach forth towards the finish line. And the idea here is that we ought to be reaching forth to tomorrow. Even though things may not look as bright. But we embrace what is in the future. And I want to share with you why, why we can do that. If we look at the world around us and we say, oh, things are difficult and things are, are, uh, are hard and society is, is, is degrading and things are terrible and people are divided. 
All those things are true. No one's, no one's, I'm, I'm not trying to say that those things aren't the case. But it's important for us to consider to have the right focus. Because we need to reach forth. And lastly, the idea is that we need to renew our hope for the prize. That's our last uh, point here. Renew hope for the prize. As you look in verse 14, what does it say? It says, I press toward the mark. This idea of pressing towards the mark is to have the right perspective. Even though things are dark, even though things are difficult, even though things don't look very bright ahead, we can still have the right perspective. Understand that this word here, when it says, I press toward the mark. When we press toward the mark, that, I, that word is the same idea as pursuing. As a hunter would be pursuing their prey. Now, in the same way, you know, we're not uh, active hunters from the perspective of, uh, like, we hunt in different ways. And when a hunter is tracking their target, it's a very meticulous, detailed effort. All right? So if you were to shoot a deer, you go to where you initially shot them, and you start to look for you don't see a lot of blood. Sometimes you do, but a lot of times you don't. And so you'll look for any, any trace of anything that you can track. And then you go to that point, and you find some. And you're, you're, you're excited because you're like, I got them. I hit the target. And so you go there, and do you just start walking around just aimlessly? No. You're searching with a purpose. And you go down to that area and you're looking for, okay, I saw the deer go in that direction. And now I'm looking in this area. You have a general, you have a focus, and you're not going too far from this spot where you already spotted them, and you go to the next spot. And then you you're looking around, I don't see anything, I don't see anything. Then you see a little drop here. So you go right there. And there's this pursuit. There's this desire, this focus, and that's what this word is talking about, pursuing. I press towards the mark. I'm pursuing the mark, the finish line. I'm seeking it. I'm moving towards it. What was the goal? What was his prize that he was talking about here? It was... Christ. Chapter 2 of Philippians talks to us about having our mind conformed to be like Christ. Now it's our desire to be like Christ, to be with Christ. But understand, when we bring in more of the scripture, it talks about a judgment seat. In 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about the Bema seat judgment where the Christians, those that are saved, are going to receive reward for the works that they've done in the flesh. And there's going to be on one side, 
wood, hay, and stubble, and on another side, gold, silver, and precious stone. And gold, silver, and precious stone are those things that we did for Christ, in Christ's, uh, in, in the power of God, that God used us to have an, uh, uh, an eternal purpose, to have an eternal uh, uh, impact. Those are the things that God used us for. And those are the gold, silver, and the precious stone. Those are the things that we're looking forward to. The prize, the rewards that, that God's going to give to us. And then there's the wood, hay, and stubble. Those are the things that we did in our flesh. Those are the things that we did for the glory of men. Those are the things that we did to get the pat on the back. And those are the things that don't amount to anything eternally. And when we're talking about a renewed hope, when we look at this next year, understand that our desire should be to pursue and to have the right focus on the right prize. Those things that are eternal. Those matters of eternal consequence. Even though things are dark, even though things may look difficult, even though there's challenges in society and all around us, there's still ways for us to pursue the eternal rewards that God desires for us to have, that God wants to give us. And there's still those things that we can do even when things are, are dark. So when we look at this brand new year, as we approach this, we, as Paul said, forget those things which are behind, reaching forth into this new year. There is so much promise, so much hope for tomorrow because there's opportunities that we have to build and earn eternal rewards when we do things through Christ. What, does, what, what can I allow God to do through me? So we need to have an eternal perspective. We need to remember that that's what our goal should be, is focusing on the eternal, living life for the eternal. How can I pursue these matters? So the idea that we get here from Paul is that he was pressing towards the mark. He was pursuing these things. And so as we look at this upcoming year, are we pursuing eternal rewards? That's one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves, that we have to reflect, that we look back and say, okay, what did I do for the Lord in this past year? I did this, and I took this step, and I took this step, and I took steps here. And those are all great things. And the question really comes, how can I pursue Christ in the following year? Because there is ways for us to earn and to, to, to gain, to pursue eternal rewards, even regardless of the circumstances that are around us. Each Christian has the opportunity to do that. Now, as we look at this, a common theme in this passage that I see is focus. It takes focus to put the past in the past. 
It takes focus to emphasize what is ahead of us. Because we can easily be distracted. We can easily just go down, we, we go down the road, and for anyone that's interested in hunting, you make your way about three quarters down Cuba Road, and you see deer, and your eyes are off the road. You're like, oh, look at the deer over there. I do that too. And we can be distracted. So it takes focus to emphasize on what is ahead. And it takes focus to have the right perspective. You and I, as we look at society and the things around us, we can be very discouraged by that. But we can also see that there are opportunities that we have to earn these eternal rewards by serving the Lord, by doing what it is that he is asking of us to do, by taking the steps that he desires for us to take, and to do those things through the strength that he gives us. Here's the thing. As you approach a new year, as you approach your service for the Lord, as you approach the opportunities that are ahead, when we look at these things, these matters, we ought to be doing what God, what I'm trying to say is that God is not going to ask us to do what he will not enable us to do. If we feel that we're incapable or uh, like we're just, we're doing too much, it's not that the Lord has too much for us. It might just be that we're doing too much in the flesh. We've taken on too much in our own strength. And we're not allowing the Lord to use us and to shape us and to, 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 Enable us to do these things. What every Christian ought to ask themselves at the end of the year is, what do I learn from this past year? What should I be focused on in the year ahead? And how can I allow God to do that work through me? That's what it comes down to. That's how we're going to be used of God. That's how we build the eternal rewards, and that's how we approach a brand new year. So remember what, what Paul said. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so at the end of the day, Christ is the prize that we're focusing on in this upcoming year. Embracing the future, the hope that we have for the future, because who knows? The Lord might come back in 2023. Wouldn't that be a great thing? And wouldn't it be great to have the right focus when he comes back.